Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Film Detectives. It's been a it's been a minute, but we are back and better than ever live in our studios. Not in the same studio this time, but back in our cozy studios. Literally, they are cozy because it's quite warm outside. But let's get into the films, Elliot. Why don't you go ahead and break them down like you always do? Let's let's break these things down. All right. Well, first off, we have Radioactive, uh, which came out in 2019. And also, we will be talking about Persepolis, which came out in 2007. Both are directed by Marjane Satrapi. And with these two films, Satrapi really delves into, well, especially with Persepolis. Persepolis was like her baby uh she originally wrote the graphic novel that came out um slightly before the movie came out in 2007 and at the time you know we had this interesting thing happening in cinema where there were a lot of middle eastern films popping up at the time that dealt with identity and how mm. middle eastern people fit into the world image and also how do they fit into cinema and how are they viewed by the world? And at mm-hmm. the time, you know, they were in like a post 9-11 world and, you know, Muslims and Islamic people were being targeted at that time. Um, we were, you know, right in the heat of the Iraq war. Bush had gotten us into the, the war and such. And the world was like literally attacking a lot of Middle Eastern people because they were different and, you know, they had a different religion, even though our, all of our religions are very similar. Um, but with Persepolis, Marjane uh, draws upon her own life experiences going through the fall of the Shah in Iran um, during the 70s. Uh, at the time, she's just a child. So it's really interesting because the fact that they put it into a comic book or graphic novel is very Mm -hmm. much from like the eyes of a child in a sense would you say yeah i i loved speaking of child one of the biggest things that i took away with the art style and and just the way was the the circles how they would kind of zoom in and zoom out of the characters reminded me a lot of looney tunes yeah like that's all folks where you know it's definitely stylized yeah and it it further reinforces that idea of it's it's being told from a a kid's perspective but it's also being told from an adult's perspective because as the film goes on she grows up she starts to understand you know kind of how the world works we get to see like her first loves her first heartbreaks Mm -hmm. just the the, honestly what it's like to to live life and and go through what every human being goes through of course you know this is her story her specific story right right but it I mean, I found myself relating to a lot of things that she she was experiencing throughout the film, because yeah. that's what we as human beings, we all go through that in some way or another, whether it's, you know, what the experiences are probably a little bit different, mm-hmm. but we still have all those. We all have, you know, our first love, our first uh, first heartbreak, all those type of yeah. things. We also experience war, maybe not in the same way that, you know, she did mm-hmm. or things like that, but we all experience turmoil and and despair and all these type of things and so i really really related to this film a lot with just how it explored basically 
I mean, we always talk about humanity, and I'm getting to humanity early today. Yeah, <laughs> but it's but it's true. Like this is that this film is a picture of humanity. It is it is mm-hmm. a human film through and through. It is oh, for sure. a story of a girl growing up and becoming a woman, and all the things that she has to go through as a woman mm-hmm. that are the way that she's looked at, the way that she's viewed in 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 her in her culture and where she's from. And her trying to kind of against, go against those social norms and really yeah. become herself. Well, identity becomes a really big. Well, identity becomes a really big thing with this film uh, because she's really trying to. You know, you see it when she's uh, after the fall of the Shah, and when Khomeini takes over Iran, and there's this shift in the women now have to wear you know, their um, veil and, and, or their mm-hmm. um, head coverings and such. And, you know, her, her friends are like, she kind of jokes around at school with her friends to lighten the mood because it's the only way, you know, like humor. And I think also trying to find some form of normalcy in a oppressive regime that really comes through in this particular film, because, you know, we see it in how she, how it affects a her, you know, herself as a, a young child going through puberty, going through early teenage years, and then you know into womanhood. Um, you know, we also see how it affects her parents and her the rest and her grandmother especially. Mm-hmm. And I love oh, yeah. I love the dynamic that she has with her grandmother because her grandmother is a survivor, and I think that love of her grandparents or her grandmother, especially in this case, you know, represents what the past had to hold, like good values and such. And yes, um, she's she takes that with her. And, you know, and it's interesting because home is not where, you know, it's not a place or anything. It's where your family is, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that becomes really evident as the film progresses as she goes and moves to, I think it's yeah, Paris and 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 goes to school there. And sees more of the world, but she ends up coming home, and it's it's uh, it's a beautiful story because I mean very sad in in some aspects because the fact that they have to live under this oppressive regime, um, you know, women ha- are given like really no rights in the society, mm-hmm. and you know they're, um, you know it's very restrictive. You know, a lot of and an, uh, anti Western sentiment is brought up through the film you know in in the fact that she marjane has to go out and try to um if she wants like certain types of music she has to get it on the black market and you know yeah you know her favorite bands are western music and and western culture Which is looked as like the devil music basically there type of thing like oh i can't believe how could you possibly be listening to this what what i loved what you said about that she eventually came home it's you know, if she wouldn't have gone to Paris and if she it wouldn't explored the world and gotten out, uh, mm-hmm. that truly allows us as, as humans to to understand a lot more about the world, especially especially yeah. for her, how she was kind of shielded from everything. But she always wanted to kind of rebel. And it wasn't really honestly rebelling. It was more so she wanted to explore and find out who she was, uh, you know, as she was growing up. And when she goes to Paris, of course, she meets she meets the boy, her first interest. Mm-hmm. Who ends up being homosexual? Yep, which absolutely just throws her for a loop. And but but all these all these type of things that she she experiences, if she wouldn't have left, 
she never would have have had these these opportunities and to come back then at the end to where home is and how how special home is and where her grandmother and grandfather and where her parents are from and the fact that she has that that last part at the end of the film where she talks about how she rubs the uh the whatchamacallit the jasmine on her brazier yeah because that's what her grandma did mm-hmm. so it's 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 a it's a beautiful like continuation I, I don't know to me to me it, it connects to when i think about when i moved to california right it's like i'm i moved out here i had been in a very small town and i moved to this giant city mm-hmm. kind of like what she went through right i mean different of course different time different place different different scenarios and situations right but like I said, a lot of the stuff that she experienced and went through allowed her to grow and develop, and not just physically, because she did develop physically over time. She became a woman, yeah. And you, you know how she talked about her nose and everything like that, and <laughs> that, how she gave all those details. Brilliant, yeah. It was a br- but, that was a brilliant scene. Yeah, but th- but then she also d- became. Uh, she just grew more as as a as a human being on the emotional side, on the personal side. She had all these experiences that influenced her decisions and further allowed her to kind of find her own way even though she did still that's kind of like what we do is what we do is you know kids of our parents right yeah we take a lot of the values we take a lot of the stuff the core stuff and we we hold on to that Mm -hmm. but then we also go out and explore and find some things that we also want to bring in right right because we're not our parents and our parents aren't us Mm mm-hmm and, and and that's the way that's the way it should be, right? Because every every human being is unique, and this this story, I don't know, it just it really touched me. It how, resonates, yeah, yeah. It touched me how how she went about telling it, and especially with with a cartoon stylistic way to do it, as opposed to you know with uh, radioactive, yeah, which is which is the complete opposite I, yeah. end of the spectrum. Which is it, it's interesting because like with Persepolis, it has it's funny that you mentioned the animation style the animation style you know it's all black and white it has this very surreal dreamlike quality to it because it really is her remember you notice like at the beginning it's in color and then it switches into black and white and and uh it has a very picturesque remembering like the past and what she's been through to get to the point that we see her at the beginning of the film and man, does she love flashbacks? Oh my gosh, there's so many flashbacks in this in this film, and the whole film crossed is a flashback. Is all, yeah, it literally is basically. And it was interesting because like a lot of the war scenes, I felt were very um, stylistically similar to how a lot of the old um, German noir surrealist films were back in the day. You know, even um, the stuff that Dali and Brunel uh, Brunel were producing and such. Even like films like cabinet of dr caligari as well i was gonna mention that actually. It, it looked very much like that and i yep. and similar you know like maybe even you know i know tim burton really draws upon that movie for a lot of his stylistic choices i, I got that kind of vibe with this particular film and then you know pushing forward to you know once this film came out it garnered many awards because you know it dealt with these issues of the identity of middle eastern especially iranian women and and Mm -hmm. their families and such and what it meant to be iranian during that time and finding themselves and learning to adapt into western culture uh because a lot of them had to um were ostracized from 
Iran because of the 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 purges that were happening. Yeah, uh, the revolution that happened. You know, like it. You look at Iran's history. It's 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 amazing how much change has happened through that country because it's like you know you had you know the Shah and then he's you know throw you know had to flee Iran in exile. You know, and then Khomeini comes in, and then this whole religion versus state clash was always you know causing all this rift and then and she explores that in the film too yeah. with the with with religion as well yeah uh, and then it, it becomes times. a fundamentalist islamic state you know so mm-hmm. and under that it only it, it's interesting the more you oppress art the more artists that pop up and have a voice and f- use it as a weapon against oppression we see that mm-hmm. we saw that with Mosen Makmalbaf with his films, you know. Oh yeah, and we see that with, I mean, heck, even in Israel, we see that with Amos Katai's films. A mm-hmm. lot of Middle Eastern directors, you know, they come from countries that have some form of oppression, and they speak out against it because you know that to be oppressed is not the human humanist way of living. No, <laughs> so it's interesting that. Um, you know, she starts with Persepolis, and then Marjane then directs this inter- very interesting biopic film on Marie Curie's life story, uh, who's the Nobel Prize scientist uh, who uh, got a Nobel Prize in physics. She, uh, she and her husband Pierre discovered radium, uh, the element radium, kind of important, and which led to radioactive material. And without you know them, we would not have the atom bomb. We would not have nuclear weapons and and nuclear energy. What about, uh, chemotherapy too. And chemotherapy Cancer. as well. Yeah, radiation. They yeah. they literally the birth of radiation treatments came from their discoveries. Uh, isn't that crazy? That like just for this is kind of this is kind of a little off topic, but isn't mm-hmm. it crazy how 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 do you discover an and it like how do you discover an element? That's insane. That's not that you know is there. But no one believes it's there, and only you and like maybe two or three other people. That's insane know it's to there. think about. That's insane to think about. And the fact that they didn't have the technology that they do nowadays, where they can uh-huh. actually—it's a little easier to you know try to find elements. You know, we have well, yeah, better. They didn't technology. know how toxic this this element was. I exactly, mean, it, it literally They're was dying. killing them. Yep, it kills her husband. It, uh, spoiler alert! But it literally and ultimately kills her. Yeah. It's like the slow death, you know, and and they're exposed to this radiation that they're ex- exploring and and you know doing scientific studies on. It's it's a tragedy, but out of that tragedy comes of the birth of more science and more possibilities with with science. Mm-hmm. I mean, and in a sense, you could argue more possibilities on how to kill, but also mm-hmm. how to help people too because it, it's like you know it's interesting with science with scientific discoveries you have the pros and the cons you yeah, know there's positives and negatives to everything yeah. because you know if you develop something that tries to help someone you know it could also hurt them in some respects side effects may include but <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean i i literally wrote when humans try to play god yeah is kind of is is kind of what this film encapsulates overall it is it is an incredible story about mm-hmm. an incredible woman that did something that you know no pushed other the boundaries of, of yeah. science yeah exactly 
Absolutely. But it, the, the, one of the scenes that got me was when they were testing the atom bomb. And they were, they had everybody come out and like watch, sit down like it was a movie or something. And it's like, you have no idea. Like they're far away, but the radiation that's going to just shoot off from that mm-hmm. is, 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 is well, killer. They, back then, they did not know that it was so no toxic. Idea. And, you know, it's interesting because like it's around the same time like Tesla and um, Nikolai Tesla, not Tesla, <laughs> the, company that we have now but Nikolai tesla <laughs> and you know edison and you know like it's the early 1900s is really like when a lot of science scientific discoveries were being discovered like you had mm-hmm. electricity you had all these new elements being found and the fact that our minds were expanding to explore more of the universe and how it works that's the main thing and how do we fit into that universe mm-hmm and what can we do to help ease our transition and of life on this planet? You know, what do we do with the time we have on here? You know, I, I think that kind of also comes up in this film because, you know, with Marie Curie played so brilliantly by Rosamund Pike, um, she realizes, you know, life is a finite, uh, it's like a blip in the grand scheme of things, you know, and, and the fact that she can, she's so hellbent on making her mark in the time that she's given on this earth is pretty astounding because you know she's a woman in a very male chauvinistic society at the at that mm-hmm. particular time in history and a lot of women weren't really in science and developing new technologies and such and the fact that she was like a trailblazer and <laughs> ignored what the naysayers were and you know teamed up with Pierre Curie and Really? Well, it ultimately it ultimately took him her husband's death for her to get the recognition at, right. le- at least some of the recognition that she you know she didn't still didn't get because the the scene where she goes in and meets with the board and she's saying I don't want you I don't want to be, have the position I don't want the position but I'll mm-hmm. take it but I don't want you to give it to me out of pity I want you to give it to me because my scientific research should speak for itself and then she gets up and walks out of the room and it's like and then she ends up getting that position. Right. Because it's true, she was doing she was doing things that no other scientist, male scientist, no. could even could even get close to doing. Well, and it's like you know, thankfully her husband gave her an outlet to develop her theories and and test them and such when she wasn't getting that recognition mm-hmm. and uh, from uh, her other scientists, her peer, know? yeah, her, her peers, peers basically. basically. So the fact that you know she, this film, Radioactive, really also delves into you know what lays beyond the afterlife too that comes up mm. in the film you know when there's going to the séances and the you know Pierre believes in an afterlife where Marie does not she thinks yeah, she says you're just in a ground and that's it yeah which to have that bleak of a outlook on the future and what is in store is kind of you know to each their own but like that doesn't give her hope in any respect and then it's through i think her her husband's death she slowly begins to try to like feel that she has that connection in a sense because she's trying to find him she misses him you know she's like this can't be all there is and it's very interesting that uh marjan that's correct pronunciation right marjan is marjane yeah marjan 
It's interesting that, that Marjane directed this film when you see in uh, Persepolis how spiritual she seems to be. Mm-hmm. There, she has all those encounters with God and Karl Marx and yep. and all these things. So it's very very interesting because it's almost like uh, it's almost like you know Marie Marie's got a very like she's like no there, there's it's the end type of thing. Mm-hmm. But then you have Marjane who's like wait a minute there is there is a potential afterlife type. So it's very interesting how the films are the 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 main characters of each film. Of course, the first film being about Marjane, right? Mm-hmm. Is I was going somewhere. Hold on, let me think. Anyway, yeah. So it it's interesting because in the first film of per- uh, Persepolis, Marjane is very connected to spirituality and things like that because that's the way she kind of was brought up, and also she questions it herself. But in this film, like you said, at first uh, Marie is like, "Oh, there is no afterlife," but then out of out of a loss and out of out of just being alone, she kind of starts to to. She has that that really heartbreaking scene where she's like, "Bring him back, bring him back, bring him back," mm-hmm. uh, with the seance. Yeah, and it's also very interesting too that everything under the sun they start creating with to, with radium, right? Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we have this item." When we and th- when they're in the when they're in the laboratory together, and they're like, "Oh, we can make uh, cigarettes, and we can make uh, there's they want these clothes made out of radium or whatever," and it's like. I mean, already cigarettes it's glowing are... green, which I felt, right? which like <laughs> I see where kryptonite came from, you know, so right. the fact that they but no one knew the uh, side effects that this new element had. And the I hate to say the technology was so barbaric back then that they didn't really have a chance to do trial runs. And, you know, it's like, well, I mean, yeah, all they did when they spilled something or were working, they opened a window. Right. <laughs> like Oh darn. Uh, <laughs> See it's oh you know, it's it's just melting through the floor, but you know, it's it's good. But it, it does bring up an inter- interesting question. You kind of talked about that you know, when we when we discover things in science, there's good things and bad things, there's positives and negatives that come with it. Mm-hmm. Like just think about if if we would have never if if they would have never discovered radium. Yeah. Like how different would the world be? Well, we wouldn't have chemotherapy. We wouldn't have um, nuclear energy. We wouldn't have, you know, there's a lot of things that really drew upon this birth of discovery. And yeah, I mean, Hiroshima, Nagasaki. Like, I mean, that's that's the negative side, you know, and I find it interesting. They weave that future into the film. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they're, you know, it's basically Satrapi saying or Satrapi saying that yeah, it's good, but you're setting the world up for almost destructive measures. And, you know, any discovery can be warped and manipulated to an evil intention. You know, mm-hmm. the atom bomb, you know, it, you know, you have nuclear power. It, in some respects, you can use it for good or you can kill a bunch of people. And, you know, World War II proved that, unfortunately. You know, and, and, and we're living in that post-nuclear world, and it it really has shaped how the world treats other nations. Well, yeah, literally, literally nations don't mm-hmm. attack other nations because it's like, we have bombs, we will do... Like- well, the thing is, is like, it's there's always that threat of total annihilation, and... Oh, yeah. The fact that 
we have that kind of power is it's scary, you know, and, and I think, you know, science should be, you know, more directed towards helping than rather, you know, destroying. But unfortunately we, the powers that be, you know, get power hungry and it's, you know, yeah. Ultimately it kind of comes down to that. There's, Mm -hmm. I mean, just like, just like with inventions and everything, there's goods and bads and people, there's good and bad in people Mm -hmm. as well. And Unfortunately, people like will use things that that's why I said, like, you know, when humans try to play God, right? Mm -hmm. Like, here's these things that are way beyond our control, but we try to take them and and use them and we use them for good a lot of the time. But we all there's also many people that use these things for bad. Well, what I what I find interesting is like, you know, with radioactive, you have a woman trying to kind of play God in a sense. Yeah. With with science in Persepolis, you have got it's almost like a a reversal where God is like looking down at how, you know, like when when uh, Satrapi is having her conversations with God and Karl Marx and stuff, it's kind of like showing how little she is in the grand scheme of things. In a yeah, sense, yeah, he's like he's basically it's she's she's like a little figure and he's moving her around his the board of life is what he's right. doing basically. And in radioactive, it's kind of the other way around. Right, way. it's really interesting that it has that kind of reversal on both films. You know, so that's kind of what I was talking about earlier about it's interesting that she decided to direct this film when it when in in Persepolis she was so rooted in it seemed you know spirituality and religion. Mm-hmm. So, but again, like like we talked about it by the end of Radioactive, uh, we see a very sweet scene of the two of them together. Yep. We, I mean, we know they they're both dead at that point because right. he's already died. But it, it kind of leaves it, it still leaves that open ended question, like you know what's next type of thing. Which I think I think that's one of the biggest questions that we uh, all have. One of the biggest questions out there. Yeah, I mean, no one you you don't know. I mean, of course, you know, religions say all different religions say different things, but it, it it's one of those things that until you're there, like, and the thing is, once you once you find out, you can't tell anybody. No, because. <laughs> because you're gone yeah and it's kind of unless you believe in reincarnation but you could tell those set of people but usually with reincarnation you forget everything from this particular life and you're basically screwed so you know life is a crazy thing yeah it's 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 it's, you know death itself you know and the beyond is a whole nother subject we could really get into oh yeah delve into um see that's the great thing about like what these films bring up you know they they allow us to question what's in the beyond and and it's one person's interpretation or one director's interpretation Mm -hmm. of her beliefs and how she views the world and how she views how women have fought for they're right in in the universe and mm-hmm. uh to be accepted and be part of the overall human uh conversation you know <laughs> and yeah i i, I really I, it was interesting i i had never seen radioactive persepolis i was really into back in the day and you know i've read the book and i was you know the graphic novel and i've always loved the movie and I, I found it interesting that Radioactive was a very, uh, it, you know, like it was just a continuation of uh, Satrapi's beliefs and also 
her own kind of style as well. I mean, it's kind of hard to say both films have the same style because one's animated, Mm -hmm. one is live action, but just the use of how they stylize, because in a sense, Radioactive is kind of stylized biopic of Marie Curie's life. Yeah. It's almost like a melodrama in a sense. Um, You know, there's some scenes where I went, oh, okay, this is very melodramatic. They're, you know, yeah. increasing it for dramatic effect, of course. But like the scene where he gets run over by the by the horse and carriage. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. So Yeah, they, they have to add more they have they to embellish add more it. things. There we go. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. They yeah, try they to they embellish to add, it. <laughs> yeah. Because they have to add more things because in reality, yes, people have interesting lives, but when you're watching a film, yeah. you're covering, you're trying to cover that person's life from start to finish or where, how, wherever the time is. But of course, you're going to throw in some things yeah. that probably happened, but you might make them a little bit more grander yeah. on a grander scale because it's, it's entertaining yeah. or it's heartbreaking or whatever it may be because it's film. Mm-hmm. And it somehow pertains to how the main character, what the main character's journey is, you know, and also mm-hmm. how it's going to affect them later on in the film or foreshadow this is a pivotal moment in that person's life. Cause really the death of Marie Curry's uh, husband, you know, they were a dynamic duo that really pushed science to new levels. And mm-hmm. once he passed away, you know, it's, it really shook her to her core. I mean, anyone who's lost a loved one knows how that feels. And it's, um amazing that she had the strength to continue her work and work beyond the grief in some sense but it still lingered with her you know and yeah, and, the, it, and it didn't it, help that she was also dying of radiation exposure i was going to say literally she's dying that whole time and she's still going about her work but i mean i i think that's i think that's how people are i mean if well, if you look at in a sense people that are in a sense, though, like it, it in a sense, it, the radiation, the slow death likens, it's kind of similar to her slow death of having that emotional pain of losing her husband. Because mm-hmm. after that point, she kind of declines more, you know, and yeah, and that's usually what happens when you lose someone so close to you. You know, unfortunately. Well, yeah, it's a void. It's a void that's that's that you eventually maybe try to refill, mm-hmm. but you may not ever. I mean, you you may refill it, but in reality, it's probably never full. It's like you you kind of put yourself back together in a sense. Yeah, try to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty much. So, uh, got really depressing there. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> anyway, back to the happy stuff. Back. <laughs> Well, both these films aren't really happy because, you know, they're no, very, they're, not. they're very, they deal with, they deal with real life stuff. Yeah. It, real life stuff. And it's not all, you know, puppies and, and flowers and stuff. So, yeah, but, it, but they are both inspiring films, I yes. would say. They're both yeah. very inspiring to see, a, to, I mean, first off for, for women in general, right. To mm-hmm. see a woman of this magnitude and this, and this male dominated world at the time. Yeah. I mean, even, even still, right. Even like, still now. We're still we're still we're, dealing with with this with these type of these type of things, but to see to see uh, an incredible woman that exceeded beyond all expectations of herself and all of the all the people around her and 
truly changed the course of history. Yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, really. And then uh, you have the you have a woman that decided to direct and shoot this and tell this story, and then also tell her story. And and you see where she gets that that love for mm-hmm. these strong women in the real world and characters because she she went through she she went hell. through a lot. <laughs> she went through hell. Yes. Be- Literally, because in and in a sense, Persepolis is uh, Satrapi's therapy. You know, to get mm-hmm. that story and to come to terms with her past and w- her identity. Like you said, that's what we as artists do, right? We take our experiences, the things we've gone through that we want to tell about, and that is our way. We talk about it, but that is our way to truly put out our feelings and how we how we feel and and what we experienced and what we went through. That's the way we we show people mm-hmm. our lives. We 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 paint it or we draw it or we put it on film mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. We put it on some type of medium to share with everybody so that hopefully they can learn from us, but also that they can relate, you know, to their life in some way. And hopefully whether that's heal or to grow or whatever it may be, whatever they need to do and whatever they can get out of that piece of art. Because you and I both watched the same films and I guarantee you both of us got different things out of the films because we yeah. both had different experiences in our lives. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I mean, for that's me, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of art. I, you know, watched this back in 2007 when it first came out and, you know, at the time it, it helped me come to terms with understanding another culture and also understanding mm-hmm how film can be such a powerful medium to express you know sadness um grief and also frustration with the world and mm-hmm. also show that there is hope there is there is a life beyond there is a uh a brighter future ahead but you have to fight for it you have to you have to, in some form, struggle and and mm-hmm. be able to roll with the punches and keep fighting. So, I like you said, I love that she decided to tell this from a cartoon perspective, her mm-hmm. life from a cartoon, because it it still has such a, a weight to it, even yeah. though it's presented in black and white and it's very simple designs and of the characters and everything. There's still that's what I love about art. You can put it in any form, and you can still get your point across of what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be this giant spectacle. She did something very simple with just animation, and it told an incredible story right. about her. And then she went on, like I said, to to tell a, a, an incredible story about a woman that changed the course of history, mm-hmm. re, re, changed science. It really just makes you appreciate life. Mm-hmm. I know we've we we beat this dead horse. There's a lot of films than, that make you appreciate but, life, but, but it's these the thing, it's specifically, the thing is like, yeah. All these all these films we've watched, a lot mm-hmm. of them are from directors that people probably have never heard of, or yeah. they've never even thought about watching the films. Yeah, and it's a shame because honestly, if we weren't doing this podcast, I probably wouldn't see a lot of these films either <laughs> because that's just not my style. But I'm glad we do it because it allows me to to see what people from across the world are creating and and really appreciate like you said get an appreciation for culture and different different viewpoints from me and and really understand you know that people no matter where they're from no matter what they look like what color their skin is they all go through the same stuff we do in different ways but we all we all end up 
at the end of the day, bleeding, bleeding blood when we're, when we're cut or whatever it may be. Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing. And these types of films, although they might not be the most popular films, are films that this is what we should be focusing on right now, especially in our time we're in even now. Because these are the films that are going to help rebuild us as people, bring us together as people, and just unite us and make, as corny as it sounds, but it's true, make the world and society and everything around us a better place. If you like this episode, make sure to follow us on social media at Film Detectives for further news and upcoming shows. Join us next week as we explore filmmakers from around the world. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.